Well, hello there. I'm so happy that you're here for this week's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. And this week, we're really going to focus on the you part of Marketing Home, Marketing You. And in fact, we're not talking marketing at all. So, so what are we talking about? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions and see if this resonates. Over the last few months, um, have you felt anxious at all? Have you felt anxiety maybe reaching new levels where you almost feel crushed by your anxiety? Or maybe you're someone that has struggled with anxiety throughout the years, but over the last few months, again, you felt it peaking, maybe to where it's impeding how you're functioning. Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, I just first of all want to say that you are definitely not alone. Uh, In talking to friends, colleagues, coworkers, so many are dealing with anxiety. And it's no wonder, right? We don't even have to state the obvious of what 2020 is. Beyond that, life has had to continue in some format. And so for many, not only are we grappling with the maybe fears and anxieties that have come within our own families, but we're every day bombarded with the problems of those at our community, right? Will there be rent money for people to pay? Can we collect? And then just because residents are agitated and they're at home, there's this whole slew of things that that has created. Retaining our teams, motivating our teams, right? This has gone on months and months. So for property managers, for you know leasing agents, assistant managers, executive level, the pressure is there. And so for many, they feel literally crippled by their anxiety and they feel like what they're doing on a daily basis just isn't enough. So let me back up. We are definitely a marketing podcast, but it's hard to focus on marketing or on any part of your career or really on any part of your life if you're having a hard time functioning because anxiety is weighing you down so much, like feeling like almost like you can't catch your breath, like you can't get get ahead. So I wanted to bring someone in that really was relatable, but also had the experience and the expertise to provide some knowledge and maybe some relief and some resources. But I wasn't really sure of who to bring on that I felt comfortable sharing with my multifamily housing audience. You know, I really only want to bring you guys the best. So to back up, this opportunity presented itself a couple of months ago in an unexpected way. So I had a colleague reach out who's become a friend through networking, and she was sharing with me that her husband, who is a licensed therapist in private practice, was looking to incorporate some marketing and bring a new website to life and do some new branding to really position his therapy business and make sure that it was accessible online with all the changes taking place with 2020 and COVID. So I just kind of looked at it as a friend and typically would not take on a project outside of multifamily housing. But I was just really drawn to Jeannie and Clifton, and you're, you're going to see why in a minute. Um, and so Lauren and I agreed to take on their website and branding project and really help them through this. I tell you this because in preparing for creating a website, you really have to get to know a person and their practice to present it well online so that it really kind of shares that. So as I got to know Clifton a little bit better, I just immediately felt at ease. And so many of the things that he was saying was just very practical, very relatable. And like I said, I just instantly had that feeling of 
for lack of a better way to explain it, just to feel very safe in conversation. And so I thought to myself, okay, is this real life? This is someone that is a licensed therapist with years and years of experience. Clifton has been practicing since 1985. I like him as a person and he has multifamily housing experience. So he understands what our community is going through. So I asked Clifton and I said, would you come on and can we talk about anxiety? And he was so gracious to agree to talk about anxiety and not just what it is, but what we can do, especially during these times and then specific to our industry. So I think you guys are going to love this conversation and I hope that you guys love what he shares and I'm hoping that this is not his last time on the podcast. So I've rambled on, I've talked too much. I really want to now turn it over to who's going to be the star of this show, which is Clifton Fuller. And you guys listen all the way to the end because he shares some great resources Make sure to go to marketinghomemarketingyou.com. I will link up how to connect with Clifton. If you feel like you could use a little one-on-one help, he might be the guy for you, especially in Texas, because that's where he can practice. But I'm going to zip it, and I'm going to let you guys listen in on this conversation with the wonderful, the relatable, and the just very talented and with lots of experience, lots of life experience, um, Clifton Fuller. So let's do it. So Clifton, I am so excited that you're taking the time to visit with me today, you know, in working with many clients and different industries, predominantly in the housing industry, though, the conversation around anxiety seems to be really prevalent right now. And, you know, what we see and what I hear, even just in my circle, is it seems that anxiety is on the rise and really not just in my circle, but around the country, around the world. What do you think is causing this increase in anxiety? Anxiety is a natural response to change in our surroundings. Uh, and if those changes uh, are challenging, now our body's response to the challenge is, is uh, sadly uh, to release an enzyme called cortisol. Now cortisol uh, changes the way uh, our body functions and it changes literally every part of our body. It dilates your eyes so that you have a wider field of vision. It uh, increases your breathing. It increases your heart rate. It dumps acid into your stomach so you can utilize whatever resources that are there. It actually pulls the blood from your hands and feet uh, into the internal organs so that you can operate uh, better. But one of the major things it does is it tightens all the muscles in our body so we can either fight or run. Now we call that the fight or flight response. Now that's a really good response if a saber-toothed tiger is trying to tear your arm off, but it's not a very good response if the government uh, makes uh, uh, sweeping changes in your lives, forces you to not go to work, uh, forces you to stay at home with your children and they can't go to school, and forces uh, a lot of economic distress on uh, property owners uh, and and their tenants. Uh, And so we're in a really challenging time. And, and that's on top of, again, uh, there are wildfires in California, there's hurricanes uh, in the Gulf. There's a lot of things uh, that are uh, happening all at once uh, and there's social unrest. Uh, and so we've got to face a lot of things. And the problem is our body's response to all of those things on top of each other can overwhelm us because it's all bad news and we don't really have a we don't have a a way to understand how it will stop 
and we feel we feel helpless. And uh, and all the things that that we have learned as patterns in our lives that work don't seem to work, and that's a real challenge to all of us. So it sounds like that anxiety is just a natural response, our body's way of almost protecting itself from what's happening in our surroundings. When does it turn into a real problem for people? Well, the problem uh, comes from the, the fact that there's so many challenges. There's so many things going wrong. There's so many things that we're able to do. Uh, most of us as uh, normal human beings will fall into patterns. And we all find patterns in our lives that seem to work and we feel very comfortable and, and we, like, we like things being pretty much the same. And so uh, in, the, uh, in most of our businesses, uh, we do things that uh, uh, we've relied on for a long time. And if those things stop working, we get really uncomfortable. Uh, we love to plan. And so one of the, one of the major situations that, that relieves anxiety is to have a plan and to, uh, and to have a, an idea about what's gonna happen next. And in those situations where those things don't work anymore, we get really, really anxious. And it can overwhelm our ability to function. Because although a physical response to anxiety is natural, it's not very helpful. Okay. We, will, we will feel so tense. Now, it tends to make people think a lot and worry a lot. And so those anxieties can be so intrusive uh, as uh, thoughts about what's going to happen next, what am I going to do, uh, when is this going to be over, that uh, we think so much about all our challenges that we don't become very effective at addressing those challenges. It can paralyze us. I think that's you really hit the nail on the head there because if 2020 has taught us anything or the lesson that we were kind of forced to, to be a part of or a part to learn is that there isn't so there aren't so many things that we can plan because originally we thought maybe the things that were going on with COVID were going to be a few weeks long. Nobody anticipated how long it would be going on. And so for many people I talked to, that is part of the anxiety is they cannot plan. So then they don't know exactly how to cope. And then, and it's just mounting. Exactly. And it, and it really does pile up. Uh, one of the one of the real issues about uh, our cortisol response uh, uh, to challenges is that it activates our immune system, and if our immune system is acti activated for a long, long time, it begins to wear down, and so we begin to have some physical ailments uh, based on our level of anxiety. And so we really have to understand that although these things are, are natural responses, they're not helpful responses. And we, we need to do as much as we can to avoid uh, getting sick, just simply by being so scared all the time. I'm, I'm glad you made that distinction between the fact that it is a natural response, but it isn't a helpful response. So just seeing that is almost the mental trigger to say, okay, we've got to do something. So what would you say are some other symptoms of anxiety disorder that people can be on the lookout for? Well, anxiety disorder uh, means that the anxiety symptoms have become so great that it's difficult to function in your life. It's difficult to go to work and get your job done. It's difficult to go to home and relate to the stressors uh, that are always there because they're amplified. Somebody who's been forced to uh, uh, quit uh, working and then 
uh, go home and be with their children and try to get them in school. And we're not teachers and we don't know how to do that. And they're resistant uh, can, can really make our relationships difficult because we're irritable. Right. Uh, we're agitated. Uh, uh, we have muscle aches and pains. Uh, extreme anxiety can bring about headaches. It can interfere with your sleep. It can make you uh, uh, so tense uh, and uh, that, that you have back pain or neck pain. Uh, it can, uh, you can even feel uh, uh, your chest pounding on occasion. You might find it difficult to breathe. And so all of those symptoms become so distracting that it takes us away from our ability to function uh, at home and at work. Okay, so there is a distinction then. There's people that can have anxiety, but when it becomes anxiety disorder, if I'm understanding this, does that mean that now it's really impeding their day-to-day -day function? Exactly. It all has to do with, with your, your ability to function. And so when it gets so great, now all of, us, all of us experience anxiety and all of us can worry about things, but when it's overwhelming, when we can't uh, really get that out of our mind, these are intrusive thoughts and they're frightening. Uh, and, and so we still, we, we continue to have that exaggerated cortisol response, that fight or flight response. And again, it's not helpful because there's nothing physically we can attack. You can't attack uh, a virus. Uh, you can't uh, attack a uh, economic uh, uh, depression. Uh, you can't attack the government when it uh, tells you to do things that you've never had to do before. So we, uh, we feel hopeless, we feel helpless, uh, it can even lead to depression because uh, things are going bad, it seems, all the time. And every time you turn on the news, you get more bad news. Uh, and so uh, we, just, we just feel overwhelmed at times. And that's, and that's when it becomes a disorder. So it almost sounds like to me like a mental hypervigilance, like where you're just always vigilant, but there's really no outcome that's coming out of it. Yes, you're vigilant about the same things every day. Okay. Which is wise. Now, it's wise during a viral epidemic uh, to try to avoid getting the virus. Now, all of us uh, go through flu season every year, and we certainly try to avoid the flu. But this is a virus where the, the people that pass it around don't know they have it, and we don't know they have it, and we, and we can't take precautions. Uh, and so we have to be vigilant all the time. And, and if you use your your brain to be vigilant, that's effective. If you use your gut to be vigilant, it can wear you out. Okay, so talking about anxiety, we love to give people practical steps, and I think that's what people are grasping at. If there are certain things that they can't do that they were used to doing, what are the things that people can do to reduce anxiety? The first thing we, we can do is to understand that this is a biological and physical response. And so we have to address that response uh, when, we, when we understand it's not helpful. Uh, and anything you can do with fear, you can do without fear. Now you can leave a burning building because it's smart. You don't have to leave a burning building in a panic. And so all of us had uh, fire drills uh, when we were children and we had tornado drills that you have different responses during a, during a crisis so that you can be prepared. But when you face issues that, that just go on and on and on, we don't do a fire drill every day, all day. We don't do a tornado drill for a month. Uh, we, we have to begin to uh, address those physical issues. All of, all of the uh, tools that we have to address anxiety 
uh, have to do with relaxation. And there is a way to, to trick your body into relaxing. The best way is to control your breathing. So meditation, yoga, all these, all these forms of uh, relaxation really start with controlling your breath. It, it is the one physical function that you can control easily. And if you will breathe deeply and slowly, like you do when you're sleeping, now we can all tell when someone has fallen asleep because they have a very deep uh, uh, rhythmic pattern of breathing. And so if we would breathe that way, we could trick our body into thinking that we're relaxed. And so the idea is to be mindful of your body's response. Uh, and everyone has heard that term mindfulness. A, bu a bunch of us don't know what that means. <laughs> but it means being mindful of how you're responding. And, and the best way uh, to get rid of anxiety is to start breathing deeply. And if you will breathe through your nose, that's the rate uh, of breathing that you need. And you can't pant uh, through your nose. If you've ever tried that, it's just not possible. So if you'll take a deep breath and, and you'll exhale at, uh, at, at twice the speed, uh, pardon me, at half the speed. Uh, let's, uh, let, let me redo that. If you'll take a deep breath and you'll exhale slowly and naturally, uh, then, then you're, it will tell your body to stand down. It will tell your body to quit being so scared. If you will relax the muscles in your body and just let the stress drain away. And so you can think of, uh, of a peaceful place that you have been. Uh, in yoga and other, other meditation uh, types of uh, techniques, uh, uh, you train yourself to relax with, with reminding yourself of a Q word. Uh, you, match, you match those peaceful things. But think, uh, think about a beautiful place you've been in nature. Think about a time when you were uh, feeling safe and happy and confident. And just let, let, the, let that uh, uh, drain away from you. Another thing you can do to address the tightness in your, in your muscles and in your body is to exercise. Now, exercise is, is particularly effective at helping people who are anxious. And so it gets rid of the tension stored in your big muscles in your arms and legs. Uh, it does help you breathe deeply. Uh, and uh, it uh, will uh, ultimately lead to a sense of uh, relaxation and well-being because as you exercise, if you'll exercise aerobically for about 30 minutes, and your body will release uh, two neurotransmitters that will help you feel better. One is serotonin, which is an antidepressant, and the other is dopamine, which is the feel-good chemical. And so exercise can be a very effective way to help the people who are very anxious. And I recommend all, that all of the, the people who are in an anxious situation to exercise as much as uh, uh, they can. And, and not to go run a marathon, but just, uh, but just moderate exercise, walking, swimming, jogging. Uh, and do that about 30 minutes a day, and it will help you an awful lot. Well, I love the tips that you've shared thus far, because I think that it, we sometimes turn to maybe negative anxiety relief, you know, or maybe not negative, but things that, you know, let's say don't necessarily help us for the long haul. And what I love about the three things that you shared is that they're very, um, they're free, first of all that we can do them in any environment. So I'm just thinking like you have people in a busy work environment, 
you can take a break and say, okay, let me catch, let me, let me pay attention to my breathing. Cause I know for me in the past, when I've been tense, if I stop, I notice that I'm holding my breath. I'm not even, I'm just, I'm tense and I'm holding my breath. Do you find that people do that a lot? Yes. Again, it's a natural response. It's your body, again, trying to help you, but it's trying to help you do something physically that cannot be addressed physically. And so we want, we want our bodies to relax and we want to, and we want to stop that natural response. And so deep breathing is, is really important. You can, you can take more breaks. Uh, but there's also a, a, a very important uh, mental aspect of anxiety uh, that we need to understand that anxiety is of no value. If you're afraid the roof is gonna leak, it doesn't put a hole in the roof. If you're afraid the roof is gonna leak, it doesn't fix a hole in the roof. It does nothing to the roof. It just makes you uncomfortable. If there's something that you can do about any issue, let's do it. If there's nothing you can do, then we have to accept it. And we, we can quit undoing things in our mind. We can, we can quit building uh, uh, terrible scenarios because we really have to take what comes. Mark Twain is famous for saying, I've been terrified all my life of things that never happened. I love that instead quote. <laughs> of, instead of instead of allowing our brain to make us uh, believe that things are worse, uh, we need to do what we can today. And uh, uh, and another important thing we can do intellectually is get more information. Uh, uh, we're we're basically af uh, most afraid of things that, uh, like you said, we don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, but we can we can inform ourselves and do what we can today. And so we wanna change our focus uh, from being afraid to taking action. And sometimes there are no actions we can take and we just have to endure it. And that's called patience or endurance. And we have to wait and see. However, during that time, we can, we can find out uh, better ways to do things. We can become innovative. We can, we can actually mentally attack uh, the, the issue as opposed to do it with our body. That makes so much sense. So um, as, uh, as you're talking through this, I'm thinking, okay, for me being a person that likes my planner, likes to kind of tackle things, I wonder how helpful would it be for that the, an individual that is like me to almost see that on paper. So here's the scenario that I'm anxious about. Here are three things I could do, or there's absolutely nothing I can do but wait. Does the act of physically seeing something on paper or writing it out, have you found that that helps people as well? It really helps people to have a plan and writing down a plan is very important. Speaking the plan is very important. It really helps to talk. It really helps to talk to yourself. Uh, and so to, to look in the mirror and tell yourself, uh, uh, we're gonna get through this. Uh, and if bad things happen, uh, uh, we, have to, we have to accept that in life. And, uh, and then we have to pick up the pieces. And so our country has been through a, a great depression. Our country has been through multiple wars. Our country has been through uh, pandemics. Uh, as a child, there was polio. Uh, that we, We've had an AIDS epidemic. We Right now we have an epidemic of, of uh, opioid use. Uh, and so rather, rather than, than feeling hopeless or feeling that nothing can be done, we need to find something that we can do. And that is, that is more important than just sitting and, and, and trying to uh, uh, fix this with our, with our thoughts. 
uh, is that we do, we do create a plan. And it would be better to have a plan than not have a plan. And that is really uh, one of the big problems for us right now, that all the plans we made don't work anymore. We all had plans about uh, how to improve our bottom line. We all had plans about how to be more efficient. We all had plans about how to market better. Uh, and, and so all of us uh, now are having to pay uh, uh, for things we don't use. Uh, we're having to do without uh, 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 social contact that uh, invigorates a lot of people. Uh, and so we have to find alternate ways to survive uh, and, and to deal with the stress now. And, and we need plans to thrive when this is over. At some point, this will be over. And so we need to be ready to take advantage of everything we can do to rebuild. That's really Which, great. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Clifton. That, I just love that advice because I think people, when they sit back and focus that, you know, you, you mentioned as a country, the things that we've gone through in history, but I would also venture to say that everyone listening to this has also been through hard things in their life, in their past, and they've gotten through them. It wasn't necessarily easy and it wasn't necessarily fun, but we have all gotten through hard things. And I think giving yourself that, almost that booster shot to take a minute to think about that. I think about that going on my walk and I think, okay, I've gone through these things and hey, I'm over here. I'm still on the other side. That is also to me a little something that can calm anxiety. Right. No one puts shingles on their house during a tornado. That's right. We have to, we, we, we have to patiently wait for the crisis or the situation uh, to, to run its course. And then we need to assess the damage and then we need to have a plan to rebuild. Right. But, but people have rebuilt after tornadoes and after hurricanes and after forest fires. And it's not that there aren't ways to do that. And if we will do research, because knowledge casts out fear. And the more we know about what to do next uh, is, is a really helpful thing uh, during a crisis. Okay, so I just want to recap for a second. We talked about breathing. We talked about relaxing the muscles. We talked about exercise. So those three to me were very physical things. And then we talked about things that we could do. So assessing what we can and what we can't do and almost making a plan of what are the actions that we can take. And I loved how you said sometimes researching is just the next best thing, being knowledgeable. So those are very practical when somebody's dealing with anxiety that is showing up in their day-to-day -day life. What about for people that need a little bit more than that? Because like you said, there are those that are now being crippled by their anxiety and they, th can those things work equally or do they need something else? If your anxiety is interfering with your life so much that you really just can't catch your breath, that uh, it's really dominating all your thoughts and, and making your life miserable, uh, you need to get some professional help. There are excellent medications to, to temporarily uh, reduce anxiety. Uh, paired with uh, uh, psychotherapy, uh, talking to someone like myself, uh, that it, it also helps. It just really helps uh, to get support. Now, uh, we also need uh, uh, to understand that, that, again, this is a biological issue and we can address it. And over time, we need to learn how to handle these situations. Uh, uh, normally, most of us are not in boom or bust uh, 
uh, industries. Uh, I, the oil business strikes me as an industry where they have great booms and then they then they have great bust. But uh, on occasion, like you said, uh, everyone's life is going to uh, have a crisis, and so we need to we need to understand that those things can be overcome. It will take time, and we need to relax, we need to slow down, and we need to do what we can do, and we need to uh, find as many resources as we can find. One of the things that would be really helpful during this pandemic is to find resources for the people that uh, are around us. Uh, even if you don't need economic help, what if, uh, uh, let's say you were uh, uh, an apartment manager and you could find resources uh, for the people that are living uh, uh, on your property? Uh, there are food drives. Uh, there are uh, uh, government grants. There's there's all kinds of help that uh, could be uh, used to to help other people. And so, at a time when when we uh, don't know uh, exactly how long things are going to last, we need to uh, do what we can uh, until it's over. And so, we can help ourselves and we can help other people. But talking about your feelings is a really important thing and then doing something to help uh, uh, other people and their lives. Uh, and, it, and it's helpful to calm other people down. Uh, we're dealing with children who can't go to school. And so they're restless and they're agitated. And so we need to get them outside and, and to run around. Uh, we, need to, we need to take the same breaks for ourselves. We need to eat right and sleep right and exercise. But we also need to do some things that we enjoy doing. We also need to do some things we're good at. Now, sadly, uh, there's some things I really enjoy doing that I'm not very good at, and there are some things that I'm good at that I don't enjoy doing. But if you do things that you are good at, you will feel more competent. If you do things you enjoy, you'll feel better about life. And so we, we need to stop and smell the roses, uh, and we need to do whatever we can uh, uh, to encourage ourselves. Okay, so like you said, for those that are needing that help to bridge the gap of just regular anxiety to an anxiety maybe disorder or where it's gotten extreme, not feeling the shame and having to maybe get on medication for a certain amount of time. But then I love the idea of the therapy to talk through. And there's something about talking through somebody that doesn't isn't attached to your day-to-day -day life that is very freeing to be able to speak with somebody that has no... I don't want to say no skin in the game, but in a way that is detached from your day to day, that, that there's a real safe place in that. So I love the practicality of that. And I, I am I, the main reason that I was so excited about talking to or one of the main reasons is because you do have a tie to the multifamily industry. Can you speak for a second to that? Uh, yes. Uh, my wife and I uh, uh, are IROPs. Uh, uh, we're CAMS and we're and and I have a CAPS uh, certification, uh, and we have owned multifamily uh, properties, and we are heavily invested in in many multifamily properties now. Uh, we we had a property uh, in Blanco, Texas, and we won the uh, award for uh, IROP Property of the Year wow. in 2018, and so so we have a lot of experience uh, uh, in in this field. And, and so uh, we found uh, our association with the American Apartment Association and the Texas Apartment Association uh, and the Austin and San Antonio Apartment Associations have been really, really helpful at helping uh, people deal uh, with the problems that they face in multifamily. And so there is a support system uh, for all of us who are in this industry uh, and who have concerns. 
but we're not we're we're used to trying to raise our rents like three percent a year. We're not we're not used to the federal government telling us that we can't uh, uh, run our business the way we've always run it. We have leases that we can't enforce, uh, and so we're facing a really really difficult time. And and we're going to have to deal with the facts that there is an economic slowdown. It's been extreme. Uh, uh, I know our tenants got government help for a while, but uh, that was taken away. And so we have an awful lot of, uh, of things that we can't control right now. And all the systems that we set up and we were very confident about, now we're not so confident about what's going to happen next. And all of us have to have to deal with that. And listen, there are going to be some there are going to be some losses, and there are going to be some properties that don't make it, and there's going to be some people who are uh, laid off. And so we we have to accept those things, and we have to deal with them as effectively as we can. But at some point, this pandemic is going to be over, and every crisis uh, leads to change. And so we need to be prepared for the for the changes that come, and we need to be prepared to do as much as we can do. And accept the fact that it's just going to take time. It's going to take a lot of effort, and we'll have to do things a new way. I appreciate that you really um, highlighted a lot of people feel stuck in inaction right now because of maybe goals that they're not going to be able to reach the way they thought they were or outcomes that they're going to have. But this is such an opportunity to say, what can we do today to prepare for a better tomorrow, whether it's in our families, our careers, the multifamily industry as a whole, there's a lot of things that we can do now that will set us up. And I feel like taking that action can also reduce anxiety because we're preparing for something that's maybe a month from now, a year from now, we don't know, but it, like you said, it will come. And so I love that you said it's about, about taking a practical approach that, hey, we've got to face some realities. We do what we can do. And then at the end of the day, you really have emphasized that you have to take care of yourself because being paralyzed by the anxiety doesn't help the situation. Exactly. And we have to change our expectations. All the plans we made last year simply aren't working. All the processes we had to, to uh, make sure uh, that we functioned well, many of those have been taken away. And so we're going to have to have a, a new way to address all of these problems. Uh, and so change, again, uh, is, uh, is always uh, difficult. And if you're not sure what to do, uh, we can try new things. We need to, we need to see how we can, how we can stabilize uh, the situation first. Now, the first thing you have to do in a crisis is quit making things worse. <laughs> Panic and fear and running around like a chicken with your head cut off isn't helpful. It isn't helpful to barricade yourself uh, in, in your office or in your room uh, and try to hide until this thing is over. Uh, we have to do all the things we can do. We have to look to the horizon and we have to prepare that, that at some point this, this situation will be finished and we can rebuild. And we have to, and we have, to have realistic expectations uh, about how to do that. When we all went home uh, seven months ago, we thought this may last for a month. It's been seven months. Now they're, they're talking about a second wave. They're talking about uh, during flu season, there may be much more spread of a virus that will kill you. And so again, it's so uncertain, but eventually uh, we'll be ready uh, to, to move on. 
And, and so we need to prepare for that day and we need to quit worrying and hiding and hyperventilating and start doing whatever we can do to prepare for the time that we can then uh, get back uh, into our processes. Uh, and we'll have to do things a new way. We'll have to market differently. Uh, we may have to, uh, we have to make changes in our, in our processes that are more effective. And, and the next pandemic that comes along will be ready, will be prepared. Well, I think you you hit the nail on the head. This is the time to really look at things and say what wasn't working before that maybe I want to do different. Even when we do go back, you know, we get to kind of decide what does it look like for our, I don't want to say the word new normal because we've heard it so much, but but I can't think of a better way to say that. I think for a lot of people, there is overwhelm, there is fear. But one of the things I think that I just would love to kind of really emphasize from all the things that you've said is that when we allow ourselves to be ruled by anxiety, we're actually upping our chances of having not only mental effects, but also physical effects. So if our fears are associated with getting sick or getting worn down, anxiety is going to do that. So all these things that you've shared with us, to me, they serve a dual purpose. Yes, they help us to cope with anxiety, but we're also protecting our physical and our mental space Yes. to be prepared for whatever is going to come in the unknown. And we want to all be as strong as we can mentally and physically for that. Yes. And again, uh, you want to protect your immune system. You really want to get rid of uh, high levels of anxiety uh, because you're, it, it will, it will like say lead, lead to uh, 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 a lack of your uh, body's ability to respond just to, just to common uh, uh, viruses and, and germs. We want, to, uh, we want to get in shape. And so, again, physical exercise also helps uh, deal with that a great deal. It also will make you more confident. Now, people, people who are physically fit, uh, uh, in fact, are more decisive. Now, sadly, they're not any smarter. Uh, they, uh, it doesn't affect your intelligence. <laughs> it, does, it does help you make decisions faster. It will make you feel more confident to be physically fit. And so since we have time and we have, uh, most of us have tennis shoes, we can get out and we can, uh, and we can do some really positive things for ourselves during this time. Fantastic. Well, I think you also shed light on if you're struggling and you really are at a spot where you think this has gone past a normal level of anxiety, don't be afraid to get some help. Look for the next thing. Okay, Clifton. So I know that there's going to be people that are listening to this episode right here and they are thinking, okay, it's time that I need to do something about my anxiety. I need to talk to somebody. I need to have that outlet at least for a little bit. If they have watched this and connected with you personally, they like your style. How can somebody work with you? You can find me at my website at cliftonfullercounseling.com. Or you can give my office a call at 210-404-9001. That's perfect. Sorry about that. We have an awful lot of information on our website. Uh, you can find out about me and you can find out about the services that we provide. And we'd be happy to help. And Clifton, I'm going to make sure to include it in the notes with this show and on our blog so that people have all of those links directly and they can connect with you. And I think something that's really good to share with somebody that maybe is a little bit nervous, especially right now, how counseling could work is that you now offer some virtual uh, abilities to have uh, 
consultations with with people in a very secure way, but it's virtually since there's not the same interaction face to face. So if that was a fear that somebody had, that they can rest assured that there's options for uh, for doing this in a virtual format. Yes, uh, we have a com HIPAA compliant uh, website, uh, and that we can do uh, counseling either uh, on the internet or we can do telephone counseling. Uh, and, uh, and it's safe and it's HIPAA compliant and they don't have to worry uh, about their, their confidentiality. Uh, and again, most people, again, this is one of those things that we have to adjust uh, to our current surrounding. And so we all look forward to the day that we can get together and, and work face to face. But until that time, uh, we, you can get effective help uh, uh, in a remote uh, fashion in your home. That's wonderful. And there might be people that even prefer that for the time being. So for those that feel a little bit hopeless, can we leave them with a thought on how to kind of look to the future and that, that change is possible within themselves? Yes. We, the only thing that we can really change, that we have the power to change, is ourselves. And so we can't change this pandemic and we can't change the economic issues but we can change the way we think and we can change the way we physically respond and we can be ready uh, to do the things we can do to make our lives better. That's so good. And that's so good for everyone listening to know that it can be chaotic, but to know that we can have that ability. And for those that like to control some things, we can have that with inside of ourselves. That's really reassuring to know. So Clifton, this has been such an incredible treat. I cannot wait for everybody to hear it. And I look forward to hopefully having another conversation with you uh, for our audience again soon. Thank you so much. So there you go. I hope you guys loved this interview with Clifton as much as I did. Now, if you want to learn more, you want to read more, you can go to his website at cliftonfullercounseling.com. There you can read resources. And if you're in Texas and you'd like to work with Clifton, um, you can book an appointment through his portal. And what's great, it's, it's confidential. And now there's virtual and teleconferencing, so you don't have to leave your house like you mentioned. And regardless, this is a resource that you guys can have. Share it with those that you know are maybe struggling. And I just hope that this helps. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Bye.